1: Well, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendez and we are absolutely delighted to be back for our first show of the 2023 24 campaign. Joining me on this week's big match preview as we gear up for a big season ahead for the Addicts. First up, top right, I bet you had a great summer, Nathan Miller. Hey dear, Nathan?
2: Yeah, living the dream. Been a great summer, mate. Been uh, been out the back from Marbella to Wildstone, so um, been great, mate. But um, nice to see your little lovely faces. Again, look at them. Missed you, boys.
1: Yeah, yeah I know. That's the whole, the, the whole reason we went on YouTube, is just so we can see each other's faces more often, yeah. And you were out in Spain watching the boys uh, in, their, in their pre-season camp. Also join us uh, on the bottom of the screen is Tom Welling, How hey, are Tom? Good summer?
0: Yeah, well, good. I've been as far as welling, so I've put a, a big shift in as well. Uh, about as much of a shift as Miles did for that pre-season game. But uh, yeah, buzzing to be back. Very excited.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he had a bit of a better reason than you to to not go to any of the other ones. Obviously, he got he Maybe. got taken out by by a welling uh, a welling player when. Uh... Uh, you didn't really, and, and, and you should have been really. But anyway, so on this week's show, we've got so much to talk about. Um, obviously, it's been a very big summer in SC7. There's been a takeover uh, at the club. There's been all sorts of comings and goings uh, in terms of players as well. We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to hear our exclusive interview uh, with the new Cholton forward, Alfie May. I spoke to him yesterday uh, ahead of the new campaign. And of course, we will look ahead to Saturday's opener at home, uh, a London Derby against Leighton Orient. We're going to hear from the Addicts boss, Dean Holden, uh, we're also going to hear from uh, Dave Victor, the legendary uh, BBC Radio London Orient reporter. Um, we want to hear from you guys as well. Welcome to everyone who's joining us uh, live on the YouTube stream. Uh, Josh Wilcott said, excited uh, for this one. Bring on the new season. Chanton fan, 18, can't wait for the season. Uh, Ross saying the football season starts right now, and that is uh, praise indeed. Uh, good to see loads of you in the chat saying hello. Uh, make sure you get involved. Give us your views on on how's it, how it's gone with the takeover uh, so far. How are you feeling? Ahead of the season, uh, what have you made of the transfer business we've done? Are there any areas you you think we're short in still with uh, a few weeks left to go of the transfer window? Where would you like to see us uh, add to the squad between now uh, and the end of August? And let us know what you think might happen uh, this Saturday as well with the big home game uh, against uh, against Leighton Orient, which we're all uh, really looking forward to. Now let's dive straight in, then, shall we? Um, takeover talk I mean, it seemed to dominate the second half of last season, Nathan. It's all gone through now. Um, Charlie Mevin's uh, consortium, the Global Football Partners group are here. Um, so, I mean, the investors including the Gabriel Brenner and his family, Josh Friedman uh, and his family, Warren Rosenfield, ACA Football Partners, Munir Javery, Mark Boyan and Charlie Mevin. Um, obviously, we know a little bit about these guys because they were here in January, did a bit of the, the business back then. But now, now they're back, it's all signed, sealed and delivered. Sandguard's gone, Mevin and his lot are in. How do you feel about that?
2: No, has there been a takeover? Yeah, I'm actually, yeah <laughs> no, I think it's, uh, yeah. No, listen, the, I think it was, um, obviously it looked like it was, it, it, I don't know, I didn't know if it was actually going to happen. There was people pulling out and we had someone else in and then it's yeah, it just took its time and just glad it's done now. Um, a little bit later than probably we would have wanted, but listen, it's done. You know, we've, we've got the ball rolling in terms of recruitment and we can start a new season or a new era with a, with a new consortium. Um, I think a lot of people, and rightly so, are going to be a little bit more cautious this time around. I don't think people are going to be being clapped around the stadium or anything, but uh, the proof will be in the pudding with the the new consortium. But what they've done so far, in terms of backing Dean um, and players, you can't really grumble really, which I'm sure we will go on to transfers in a bit, but I've been all but positive. And it's just got a little bit of a new, new feel, a new, new positive vibe to the club this year. Even with the club's media team, you know, getting seeing videos, doing roommate sort of conversations on YouTube, it's been really good. So it's all gearing up to a good positive start to the season, and um, hopefully, it is one where we can actually get out of this League One once and for all.
1: Yeah, well, so, I mean, it, it goes without saying, obviously, Tom, when this group were, were first sniffing around around the turn of the year and, and, and had that little spelling where they brought Dean Holden to the club. Um, obviously, a lot of the discussion was about about Charlie's time at Sunderland in particular because he was the face of the group and, you know, he's, he's done a done a lot of the interviews so far. He still seems to be one one of the main talking points. So I, I assume at some point that will sort of be handed over to Jim Rodwell because, I mean, Charlie keeps saying he's, 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 he's sort of going to be more of an investor in the background and like a link between uh, the majority of the investors and and the people running running the football club, but obviously that there will be understandable caution because they weren't popular at Sunderland. Some of these people, so um, you can understand why, especially with what we've been through as a club, why there are some people who, whilst, whilst you're wanting to feel confident and and probably looking at some of the signings so far and thinking, yeah, okay, on the right path, let's continue this. That there will still be some trepidation and, and, and hoping it doesn't go doesn't go pear shaped.
0: Absolutely, and and that second point you make is is key. We've uh, we've had our fair share of, of bad owners in the past, and so you factor in what you just said. You know, Methan in particular and his time at Sunderland, and certain areas of, of the the publicity around that obviously weren't weren't so good. I'm sure he's got his side of it. Um, and then, yeah, as you say, you can reel them off, can't you? Uh, the owners that we've had over previous years who've promised a lot and under delivered, and I think. Yeah, we are right to go into it being cautious. Um, I know they're using this kind of, what is it, new season, new era or something as a kind of slogan that I've seen on a lot of the the media stuff coming out of the club. And I think that's exactly what it has to be now. It has to be a new era. We have to try and draw a line under all these owners. Um, I know there's obviously still things outstanding like the the training ground and the valley. and And as I say, we haven't really seen what they're capable of yet other than a few signings, which I think, largely are okay and and have been relatively positive but yeah I don't think we want to hear words anymore from these owners I think we want to see results and and for them unfortunately there's nothing they can do about that until we get sort of 10-11 games in and we start to see what this team looked like um so yeah I think uh I think we were only at best sort of treading water under Sandgard we were probably going backwards again so I think uh, something had to happen it's a roll of the dice and, and hopefully it's a positive one but as I say, I'm not I'm trying not to be too concerned with the sort of PR spin that they're putting on this and, and focusing on what happens on the pitch under Dean, which obviously we'll start to see a little bit more of on, on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a question I was asking myself sort of earlier on this afternoon, Nate, is what, what do we as fans, with, with my fan hat on, what do we want from the new ownership? And I guess it, it's, it's quite simple, really, like just get it right on the pitch don't do anything stupid. <laughs> like Those two go hand in hand. I mean, I'll tell you what is nice to see, actually. And, and it probably shows where a lot of the fans are at the moment is I'm just sort of flicking through the comments here. And pretty much every question that, that's asked of us at the moment is about football. And how long is it since we've had people only asking us about football? I mean, if anyone wants to ha- have their say on, on the new owners, let us know. But it, it's all about football pretty much. Grant Jeffries are saying great to have you back on air. Hopefully the new owners uh, let us continue Jack's legacy. Uh, at the Valley, fingers crossed. Yeah, of course. Um, the uh, Jack Jeffries uh, Foundation have, have been running that box in Se Seven, and uh, yeah, it'd be great to see that continue because they've they've done such such great work. Um, but yeah, Nathan, what what do, what what do we want as owners? We want we want signings on the pitch, promotion, a club run successfully, and and probably almost quietly in the background.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think like the point you just said about us talking about football, this is what this mainly what the podcast is for, right? All of us fans discuss football all that's what it's for. So great that we're talking about that. Whereas it just seems ever since I've been on this show back to when Carol Fry was here, all we've been talking about his takeovers and owners and stuff. So looking forward to hopefully um, the owners stay silent partners, if they call them that, um, you know, that what I would want as a fan is that they support Dean, which looks like what they're doing. they let hit people, uh, football people make football decisions, um, which I think they're doing by bringing in a, a board um, and a couple of non-exec ones as well, such as Paul Elliott. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the main thing. And just let us focus on the pitch now and get behind the team and bring that connection back between, you know, the fans, the staff and the players like we did, you know, it seems like moons ago when we, when Chris Powell was here. So, never know, it might not end out the same way, but I think that's the first step in the right direction is bringing that back and let, let everyone look forward to coming Cholton again, you know. I mean, there was times last year we were all like, well we're safe, but we're not going to do anything, but you just go through the motions a bit. Um, So a big refresh, big, big, big big reset. Um, So I think, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. So I think that's all that we want is just let us all focus on the football and we can moan, who can play left back or right back or center half, whatever, and not talk about the people upstairs.
1: Mm, Yeah. Joe says a stability, sensible investment and a team uh, that can challenge with proper management in place. That's what I I, I want from them. Uh, Dan, um, uh, well, Charlton Bill actually said at least they're getting proper people in to run the club rather than their own family. And, uh, yeah, well, there's uh, there's, there's no uh, Martin, Martin Sangal, for example, at the club anymore, uh, whatever his uh, his benefits or or the opposite of benefits was. Um, Dan Bro uh, said, I don't know about you lot, but I think Meffin would be trying to recover his reputation, though. Hopefully he is and he learns from the past. Yeah, I mean, again, it goes without saying that anyone who's seen... Well, I've spoken to Sunderland fans and I, and maybe not just a documentary because obviously we've all seen that, but Sunderland fans were, were living that in real time anyway and, and they didn't come out particularly popular from that. So hopefully, yeah, the, these people who've, who've been through there have, have learned their lessons. But like I say, I'm sure there'll be Charlton fans who will be Keeping a keen eye on on what happens and and uh, yeah, like so, we're, we're all hoping for the best at this moment in time. Let, let's see what happens. Johan said, "I think the new, the new owners have done it perfect so far, uh, but still cautious with them." I think we should get top six with this squad. A little bit unsure on Holden though, uh, especially with three five two with Taylor uh, at wing back. Uh, James says, "I want a happy Louis back." Yeah, see, I'm on the way. I'm on the way already. I'm, I'm genuinely actually quite pleased. The season's about to start, which at the end of last season, I don't think I would have been. Uh, been in that position I I wanted it to never come back Uh, and Dan says as you say it'd be nice to talk about just what happens on the pitch rather than the ownership fingers crossed so that's what we're going to do now Um, there's been quite a few signings in and out Um, we're going to hear from one of them later on in the show uh, Tom and Alfie May Um, we should probably touch on a couple of the ones that have left obviously Jez has left someone's asked earlier have we replaced him Um, you know that that's probably obviously we're going to play a slightly different formation by looks of this year but in terms of number of goals you'd assume that Alfie will pick up the slack that that Jez uh will, will be taking back to Palace with him but at the same time um we we have to uh assume they're going to be playing different roles so we don't know if we're going to have those creators like Jez was but yeah um the ones that have left Jez um, obviously, sad to see him go. I mean, your likes are Sean Clares, your Ryan Innes's, your Albie Morgans. Is there anyone who's left, Tom, that you, that you wish would have stayed?
0: Uh, so, obviously, Jez. Um, but no, aside from that, the only one, and Nave's laughing, the only one would have been Albie Morgan. And that's personal over, over his ability, I think, probably. Um, I was encouraged by the back end of last season in terms of what he was offering. He was getting a lot more minutes under Dean um so I was perhaps surprised to see him go and as I say just personally just didn't want him to go but I don't think there's anybody really we could argue deserved to stay and we probably said something similar at the end of last year um I don't think look we were such towards the end of that year we were such a one-man team really um you could argue obviously Miles had 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 a good season as well and a couple of others but it just felt like if Jez wasn't there how much trouble would we have been in Uh, and we can't afford to be like that this year so I think we've had a clear out of some of the players that certainly we would spoken about as not necessarily being issues off the pitch i don't know enough about off the pitch but just making basic errors on it and costing us goals uh i think some of the players we've invested in this year are, are positive um who knows what would happen happened had ben garner stayed last year but his clearly his investment plan was to go for the top end of league two and see if they could make the step up into league one and obviously that will sort of change mid-season this year, we seem to have gone for sort of standard proven League One players. So there's a, a shift in the mentality of the sign-ins, overall likes of Alfie May, for example, uh, and some of the others as well that we'll go on to talk about. So, yeah, I'm encouraged by the players we brought in. I can't say I'm particularly going to miss many players that, that we've got rid of. Um, the big thing, as it has been for, what, three, four, five seasons now, is how quickly can they gel? How quickly can they get into that style, as you say, that they're adapting to through preseason how quickly can they sort of bond? Because I think we saw the back end of last year that if you've got a team that are together, then uh, there's a lot more chance of success. So, yeah, that's something that obviously Dean's been working on and he's going to have to continue to work on for the next uh, next few weeks. But like a lot of people are saying in the comments, I'm, I'm pretty confident uh, about him doing that. And, um, yeah, uh, I think we've, we've made some good uh, transfers both in there now.
1: Yeah, Pete saying, uh, I was disappointed to see Sean Clare go, uh, even if he isn't an automatic starter. He was a huge asset uh, to have uh, on the bench. Um, Yeah, and he's obviously uh, gone up to to Wigan. Um, Ludacris saying, hopefully Fraser can be at his best this season. May's going to be a proper striker uh, for him to play into as well. Yeah, so obviously we're talking about new signings, but there are players that we've had perhaps last season as well who have got that extra step in their locker, you think? And I think well, like Fraser got nine goals last season and and, and quite a few assists. Like, he's, when I was watching him last season, I felt like there was more to come. So, ho- hopefully, on on an average season, getting nine nine goals and and however many assists shows that may- maybe there is that little bit extra that he can get. And if he can get that, then we know how good he was at um, uh, at, uh, at Milton Keynes. Uh, you know, before he before he came to us, obviously didn't didn't have the best time at Ipswich when he's being played out of position. W- Want to talk about some of the newbies that have come in then? Nate, obviously Alfie May, uh, who we're going to hear from later on in the show, is going to be our big talking point. Um, but, you know, Lloyd, Lloyd-Jones from Cambridge, Harry Ice did the goalkeeper, uh, Pan Kamara on loan, Tao Eden um, and, and Terry Taylor. Um, who, who's the, the pick of the bunch for you? Who are you really excited to see in this uh, this upcoming campaign?
2: It's all going to be Pan. Peter Pan, I'm going to call him this season because I love that guy. Um I think I just think he's brilliant. I just think he gives us another dimension we haven't had. Well, I think we were talking on WhatsApp when he signed the last player who could actually drive with the ball in the middle. I don't know. I couldn't really remember. Was it Joe Ariba I think we came up with. But I just think he's going to be. I just think he offers us something different. But not only like and all the other signings, you said, mate. I think our midfield now we have legs. You know, I don't think we're going to be pushovers in the midfield anymore. Um, we can get around the pitch apart from because I think some at some points it was only really Dobbo who could move really. Um, you know, Fraser's not really known for his his energy and his pressing and it looks as though that's the way Dean wants to go. And with players that we've got in that team, we've got enough dynamism in that middle of the, in, in the field now. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Peter Pan starting for Charlton eleven. But as you say, Ice did, you know, who's going to be number one? I, I think I think it'll be Ashley, but who knows? But we've just, it just looks like we're we're building, build, building a nice little squad now. We're I still think we're a good few players to go, and still a few to come in. But uh, positive so far, mate.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that that will be my next question in a few moments. Time is about how far off are we? Because I mean, if, if the season were to start this weekend and the transfer window closed, I don't think I'd quite have us as promotion hopefuls yet because. We're not full, but that will be the same for a lot of other squads as well. You have to remember, like, I I, I love reminiscing about 2011-12 when obviously we had pretty much everyone in the door before preseason started. And obviously we we absolutely walked the league with 101 points. But it, it feels to me that clubs do more and more business in August and and every manager would, would love to tell you that that, that wouldn't be their preference but it just feels like the way it is especially when there's players who are sort of weighing up options seeing if they can get a championship deal all that sort of stuff but yeah there's certainly still um s- still a way to go i mean there's, there's a couple of sort of um un- untried people in there as well which will be interesting so, so obviously lloyd jones has played this level with cambridge you know lower down in the in the league of, of this level but um it looked like one that, that dean had his eye on harry eistedd Will be really fascinating because he's only really played half a season of, of league football. The majority of his time uh, with Luton was spent in non-league on loan. Uh, I think Wheelstone was, was one of his clubs. Actually, that was a, a trip back for him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Aidan's obviously had had spells in in this division before, but um, you know, it's one we've been looking at at Blackburn for a while. Uh, and Terry Taylor sounds like the best player I've never heard of. Tom, according to uh, the reviews that we were getting from from people who've seen a lot more of him, like literally, it's, it's not a name that stands out, literally. But um, it, it sounds it sounds like he's certainly got a lot of promise as well. So a few players there that, if they live up to the potential that we hope they have, could could be quite interesting acquisitions for us.
0: Yeah, he sounds like he's out of the sixties, doesn't he? Like he should have his uh his shirt tucked in his shorts and his hair swept over. But yeah, I think um yeah, I'm not going to claim to know a lot about those players either. But as I said earlier, I think they've. They've at least played this level, even as you say, only a little bit. And I know as if we take Eistedd as an example, I know everybody was raving about him and I, I would sort of gamble that a lot of people were raving about him because of that playoff final performance, which was exceptional, made a few amazing saves, but that's just one game. So yeah, there are players that have a lot to prove, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And I think if you're playing under Dean Holden, it's probably quite a nice environment and, and he probably motivates you a lot to go out and prove a point. Um. So, yeah, I, I think that's good. Uh, I've got a mate who's a Blackburn fan who said, you know, uh, Eden hadn't had a lot of game time this season, but he was one that would probably do OK at this level as well. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited to see these players come in. I think last year with the, the sign ins we made, I was a bit like, I'm interested to see how they do and I wonder whether they can, whereas this year I'm excited. Uh, as I say, I've only seen well in pre-season. I'm looking forward to getting down there Saturday and seeing some of those players for the first time proper. Uh, and I guess that speaks back to that 11-12 season you talk about where I got there and I knew none of the names on the team sheet and you're trying to figure it all out. And then we go, and you know, win that game fairly comfortably. So, yeah, I think that. And then another point, I don't know if you're going to ask this question separately, but another point, and I never thought I'd find myself saying this, but the likes of Jack Payne and, and Charlie Kirk, you know, have come in and played a lot of game time in pre-season and, and done quite well. Um, obviously, there are people like Campbell who, who was doing quite well towards the back end of last season players like DJ, who had a, you know, a huge reputation, you know, can they do something? Um, people like Mitchell, Elowere, um, Anderson. So, you know, there's a bunch of youngsters, there's a bunch of players we've had here now for a couple of years who really need to to prove themselves again. So there's a real nice balance in the squad. As you say, I think we're probably still three or four short, but, you know, you could go through that, that list of players and, you know, there's not too many concerns with them as individuals. There's concerns where there are gaps, but I think a lot of those names I'm excited to see him play. And, and as I say, even the ones that last year I was being critical of, I'm, I kind of feel like there's something new about them this year. And it, you don't want to read too much into pre-season, but, you know, they're getting minutes, they're scoring goals, they're looking good. Um, maybe it's competition for places, I don't know, but we'll have to see. But, uh, yeah, I just feel quite excited about the season now and looking forward to Saturday, which I wouldn't have said two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, like I say, I haven't said that a great deal over the last couple of years, but but, but this time around... I'm feeling a bit more comfortable. I mean, the name was mentioned there, but both Cap and Mark Windham have asked about Kirk. I mean, Mark saying, "I think we'll get a decent season out of Kirk." Cap saying, "What are we going to do with Charlie Kirk?" I mean, in my mind, he'd be one of the ones I'd, I'd assume we try and um, we try and move on, along with DJ, along with probably McGrandles, who who between them have obviously played minutes in pre-season because the squad's not there yet. Nafe. I mean, of the. Of, of the current squad that, that needs sort of slimming down a little bit before we go on and, and take those those next steps to get a couple more? I mean, are, th- are they the ones you can see going out?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't really argue against it. Again, it's not like, you know, I don't think any of them have done too much wrong. I know Kirk came when Kurt came, I was really excited um, when he first came and it's just not really worked out for him. Saying that he'd done okay in a couple of games. Pre-season ones I've done, but nothing to sort of write home about. But I just think I just can't see where him and and DJ. I can't see where they're going to fit into a system unless we can. Because I think I think Dean does still want to be adaptable and flip between maybe if you if you fight three-five-two or whatever, and if you need to go a four-three-three, can maybe especially you've got Tyrese and Corey, but. I would imagine the, those three you mentioned there probably it wouldn't surprise me if they were sort of, sort of they did move on and have a new challenge. Um, so yeah, but again, it's I just wouldn't. If you said to me like Kirk's definitely going to stay, I'm like okay, but he's not going to get many games. So surely he'd want to play games, you'd think, wouldn't you? Really, DJ just as Tom said, he came with a bit of promise, and he's just I don't really know DJ's best position. Like I don't is he a winger? Because he, he doesn't take anyone on, he can't whip a ball in, he can't do set pieces, he's not a 10. he's not a striker, he's not a wing back. So I'm looking at it going, obviously he's a good player somewhere, but I don't I just don't think it's for us. Um and he probably needs a fresh start. So I think yeah, those three I can't really argue, mate, if though if they left uh for a new challenge, but that's nothing against them as obviously people or his players.
1: Hmm. Yeah, right, Dan uh said some of the younger players will be crucial uh, as well i've seen a few names obviously mentioned some 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 that we've mentioned ourselves the likes of a, a simway a simway obviously carroy anderson's not had a had, had a bad uh, pre-season i think he scored at millwall didn't he the, uh, the the one game at millwall i haven't been been at in the last 10 15 years or so and we actually had a 2-0 lead i was really worrying there that i was going to miss something mildly special, but luckily we threw it away in traditional in traditional standards. Um uh, the Mankind initiative says DJ reminds me of Danny Green. I think Danny Green's final ball was probably slightly better and he certainly had a long <laughs> a better long shot at mark saying that DJ and needs to go. I mean this would be a good question. Obviously we'll we'll sort of run through what we think the team might be later on but Dan Bro saying a simway or Egbo. Um I mean if, if you're going off the the last two seasons, I think a simway started ahead of Eggbo in, in both of them. So Looks like he's got some promise. I mean, I hadn't seen a great deal of the youth teams over the last couple of years, but when Asimwe came on at Cheltenham on the last day of the season and he was playing on the right-hand side, which is where I was sat in the press box, you just sometimes a player catches an eye. And, and for a youngster coming on for his debut, like not only did he look confident on the ball but when he was off the ball he was really getting into space he really wanted it I mean he showed he showed some some real now and, and some real sort of uh, get up and go attitude when, when he was on the pitch so I'd like to see a bit more of him if we need it you know not over overselling but if we need to that'd be great Tom.
0: Yeah and, and I'd say the same about Aaron Henry I'd say the same about Tyrese Campbell obviously they got a few more minutes towards the back end of last season but they had that same quality that you just talk about there, wanting to get on the ball and, and take a risk. Um, and ultimately, we were playing for nothing, weren't we, at that stage in the season? So obviously, you can afford to be a little bit braver. But we've done this year after year. We've brought youth players through and they've had their opportunity if they can, they can show they deserve it. So I think we've already spoken a little bit about what this new formation is going to look like. And I think the, the wing-back bit in particular, and I know we were just speaking about it before we went live, about you know who plays there particularly if we're at home and we're attacking the team as opposed to if we're away at a perceived bigger club and and how we manage those positions there's going to need to be some flexibility and there's going to need to be players that play certain roles in certain games and uh, again like you haven't I wouldn't claim to know a huge about, amount about him from the youth team but um if he if he proves himself and continues to put in performances like he did last end of, uh, last game of last season and, and the few opportunities he's had in pre-season then why not? Why not? You know, it's not like we saw a lot of Egbo last year, sadly down to his injury, not for his own fault. And so, again, it's that competition for places. It's proving yourself and he's got a good as good a chance as anybody. If he takes his chance and he, he shows that he can do it, then Dean has got the confidence to play him, which, as I said a little bit earlier, I think that breeds confidence in a squad because you know if you're playing well, uh, you're going to get picked. And, and again, if you're a player in that squad, that's obviously encouraging.
1: I'm not going to lie, This the comment section on YouTube, it, it, I'm absolutely buzzing because I'm like, as I said earlier, it's just all football. Like I, I can't remember the last time we had a show like this. Albert Rossi has uh, said on Twitter as well that he hopes the Simway and Anderson get a chance to start uh, on Saturday. I mean, the, the other half of talking about the squad and and uh, you know where we think we might need some backup is, yeah, is, is there any area we think we might be weak in? Now, we can't. We, we can't gloss over the fact that we, we've we just come off the back of a, of a pre-season friendly at home to Aberdeen, where in the first half, defensively, we were woeful. Um, it obviously, it was a back three with a wing back. So, um, you know, and I remember saying to someone uh, at the Dartford game when it was clear that we we're going into the back three that um it's in, it's an interesting role because of the pitch, of the team that was on the pitch at Dartford, our two best creators, you know, based on what we've seen from them over the last years or, or whatever, Corey, Blackett Taylor and Tyrese Campbell, who, are, who I like. You know, I like them both. I think they've both got attributes that, that improve the side. But immediately I thought, but then they're two wide players and you're asking both of them to play the 3-5-2, which means they've got to do their defensive duty. Although, of course, we've seen Tyrese play up top a couple of times in preseason as well, where he's done well. But um, you're asking them to do a defensive duty, which either they negate and we look open and we were extremely open against Aberdeen in the first half. Or they 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 try and do it, and it takes a bit of the attacking edge off them. Um, what, what do you reckon, Dave? Because I mean, Corey looked really dangerous going forward Saturday, but left wing back he ain't, unless we we train him up a bit better how to positionally. I mean, Dean did say he felt that position of the centre backs needs to be better to play that as well. So it might not only be Corey, but it certainly highlighted a a, a, a bit of a worry for me in that first half.
2: Yeah, no, exactly, mate. I think <clears throat> obviously when you play with a three at yeah back naturally the other team are going to try and get in behind your wing backs and go down the channels and down the sides of you to split them apart and i just don't think we i did not think we engage very well first off I, th- I don't think any of the back three played really well i thought we looked quite hesitant in, in terms of our play but more on the corey point i understand completely what you're saying um i think if we're going to be if you know if if corey you know like we said corey's still learning. But if we play if we play Corey left wing back in, so I don't know, like a derby away, it could be a tricky game because naturally he is a left winger. You know, he's not used to it. He's not used to tracking and the defensive positioning. Like we said all these years ago with Alby, first it was Alby's, his positioning isn't there and stuff like that. Um, hopefully it will come. But I mean, for me, I, I'm, I'm still looking at hopefully two more strikers, enough, another left wing back and potentially another centre-half depending on if, you know, Dean thinks Deji or Zach are ready for first team football right now to to play a bit part because you're going to need all six centre backs in the season for sure. Um, so I think yeah, we've but I'm not I'm not worrying yet, mate. I've, we've still got loads of time, and as you say, a lot of teams do business in August. We've got all the Premiership loans, which they never get sorted until mid mid to late August once their squads come out um, or their squads get registered. So I just think we're gonna. We're just. I'm just going to be patient, you know, I know we're not the finished article yet, we've got loads of time, I know everyone wants it now, I wanted it all done on the 1st of July, but it's never going to happen that way, especially if you want to get loans in from, from bigger bigger clubs. So, and then hopefully we're going to be the pick of the bunch of all those clubs in League One who want those players. So, um, it's going to be an interesting season with this five-three-two. 2 but there were that first half against, well, first 60 minutes against Millwall, really, that I, it surprised me, it did surprised me how well we did play I know it was friendly but you can only beat what's in front of you mate but but then we had some work to do obviously last Saturday the first sort of 35 minutes so that's what they're for we're trying new things and it starts now really
1: excellent stuff right hi to our very own Ben and his new wife Kate you're listening out uh, in, in Turkey on their honeymoon. Uh, congratulations to you two and to Lewis and Daisy uh, from from the pod who got married uh, over the summer. Uh, they, they kept themselves busy at least. Uh, right, we're going to have a word uh, from our brand new sponsors uh, and when we come back uh, we're going to hear our interview uh, with the new chomping forward Alfie May. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemized quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts, and workmanship warranties the british institute of kitchen bedroom bathroom installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked fully insured and experienced take the risk out of home improvement visit bikbbi.org.uk
3: hello fellow addicts i'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub the river owl house the River Ale House is based in East Greenwich. It has six pub of the year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Chomp fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the valley too. If your match day routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon.
4: Say hello to a new era of mental health care.
5: Right, welcome
1: back to Chartland Live. A massive thank you to our sponsors who have joined us uh, for the upcoming season, keeping us uh, going uh, for the next 12 months. We're really, really grateful to, to both of, uh, of those organisations who are joining us. Right, a couple of messages uh, before we go uh, into our Alfie May interview. You may have seen on, uh, on, on our Twitter page recently that Joe from the pod uh, has started a prediction league. You can uh, predict uh, the top six and the bottom six uh, of League 1. We'll uh, put the uh, link up on Twitter again in the next few moments and, and Joe will hopefully put it in our YouTube chat as well. Uh, if you want to get involved, I think like ne- nearly 100 uh, of our listeners have already got involved. Uh, there, there'll be no prizes other than like the, the kudos of being right and uh, proving that you know more about football than Nathan, which hopefully shouldn't be too hard. Uh, but it's a, chance, it's a chance to do that. Uh, I've also uh, just been asked to point out as well um, that uh, the uh, London Air Ambulance are doing a, a bucket collection at the ground uh on um on saturday it's a, a chunk fan i know called simon trill is going to be there uh, amongst them handing out uh, or, or uh, with with buckets hoping for a, some some donations obviously they're uh, they're sort of uh, funded by donations so make sure you uh, chuck a couple of quid uh, into the bucket uh, if you see one of the chaps right let's hear from our brand new spanking striker alfie Mayo. it's the first time in a, in a few years i've been excited by a striker uh, that, that we've signed because you know he gets goals. So I caught up with Alfie. Uh, yesterday, they were doing the EFL launch day, ironically, at Leighton Orient Stadium. Um, so he was at the home of our opponents on Saturday. Uh, I had a quick chat with him yesterday. that The new Charlton striker, Alfie May, is joining us on, on Charlton Live. Now, Alfie, thanks a, a lot for your time. Um, we, you've been with us about a month now. How have you settled in?
6: Yeah, settled in really well. Um, the lads made it, made it really easy to, to settle into the group um going going away as well on on a pre-season tour makes it a little bit easier as well uh, because you're with each other every day Uh, so yeah no it's 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 been it's been easy it's been it's been nice to to settle into the group yeah
1: yeah i mean obviously you've been with us for for the majority of pre-season if not all so i mean how how important was that 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 you came in early and got to got to know the boys nice and nice and quickly
6: yeah, it was it was really important. Um, I said to my agent and also said to Cheltenham. Um, I, I sort of knew about the, the pre-season tour, so it's really important to sort of get it done before then, because uh, like I say, you, you can't beat it going away with 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 the group and settling in. Um, yeah, and it was important to to get obviously game time and and sort of fit in the way that the Gaffer wants to play.
1: Yeah, I mean, what have you learned about about The style of play that Dean's installing? Because I guess for the majority of the squad, even the ones who were here last season, it's a switch in formation from one that we didn't play a great deal last season to to one we are playing this year. So how has Dean got his message across with all the boys so far?
6: Yeah, no, it's really, really good. Um, We're we're working hard on the training pitch. Uh, I think that's where, where the hard work starts and you sort of build yourself into into the games and pre-season's hard to to, to sort of tactically get get things right because preseason's seasons there for minutes um, so when we when we get a chance to, to do set um, do formation on the on a training pitch you sort of get a little bit more out of it so yeah but for me to come in in this formation I've played it I've played this 3-5-2 system for for a long time now so sort of not, not, not much changes for myself. Just, um, just Kit.
1: Obviously, um, you've, uh, you've got a couple of goals already in pre-season as well. Cause I was going to say, I guess scoring in pre-season probably doesn't matter, but not scoring in pre-season would matter, especially like a striker building confidence, huh? like getting one in, in your first game against Orient in Spain. And that must've set you up nicely for the, for the season ahead.
6: Yeah, you. Any game you play, uh, you want to score goals. Um, I would have. I I'd try and celebrate all goals as well. It don't matter what game I'm playing. Um, I think that 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 sort of buzz that you get when you score is such a good feeling. So, I uh, I actually would celebrate every goals. But I think uh, Dobbo Dobbo said I can't be celebrating pre season. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, sure, sure. So have you got a, like a, a celebration that, that, that you've used throughout your career? I know we've probably seen it a couple of times without noting it, obviously against us. But is there is there one we're going to treat be treated to somersaults or anything like that coming this season?
6: Uh, maybe a few headstands and
5: <laughs>
6: some cartwheels. I don't know. I just honestly, I will make it up as I, as I go along. I just whatever excitement I get from from the goal, I'll um
1: I'll just celebrate as it as it comes to me. Yeah, and obviously it's a, it's a feeling you've got used to over, over the last few years. Um, I was going to ask you obviously about your career as a whole because Cheltenham over the last three years is where it's really, really kicked off. And I, I always find it fascinating when you, you see those strikers who've gone through their career and they're getting goals here and there, but suddenly something clicks. And, and, and was it over, over 60 goals in the last three seasons with, with Cheltenham? What do you think it was that that was almost that eureka moment for you that, that set you off on this path that you've been on the last few years? um
6: yeah started started sort of believing in myself um and believing that i was uh, a good player and i knew that as a striker you have to score goals it's it's why you're in the team um so yeah mentally mentally sort of changed the way that i was approaching games um i've, I've done done a lot of hard work in the gym uh changed sort of my diet and sort of Becoming an, becoming an athlete, becoming a, an actual professional footballer um, after football. Um, I think there was a big saying last year, it's like, what are you doing in the shadows? And that's, you're at the football club, two, three hours, what are you doing sort of after football? Are you going home and just sleeping? Or, but I just, I took it all in and, and sort of changed everything that, that I was doing. And yeah, just mentality was, was, was the big one
1: yeah i mean obviously with the the type of career you've had where you you know i think you left the game for a while and and you're off working in some sort of woodwork or something weren't you so is that given you a bit more motivation now to, to to sort of hit hit this level that you have yeah
6: definitely yeah you uh i love the i love the job i love coming in every day training with a smile on my face uh because i'm i'm like i say i'm living i i'm living in a dream that i didn't think i would ever get um so, I never take advantage of it. I try and I try and learn every day, and that's the one thing here with' with' speaking to the staff, the gaffer and that there's there's still things that I can improve on and and I can't wait to like i say to just to keep learning.
1: yeah, obviously, one of the best things about going out to to Spain is um not not just the team bonding, but obviously you've got bonding with all the fans that went out there. we sent some of our some of our best retrobates out there actually especially some of the guys from the pod as well so how did you find sort of meeting them I know I know you come from the area as well so I guess you must have a bit of an understanding of, of what it means to play for Charlton and what, and what Charlton fans expect
6: yeah definitely um it was unbelievable to see when when we was training and you see all the fans um sitting there watching uh couldn't believe that they've traveled they've traveled out there to to support us and and that's what the, the club is. The, the the size of the club it's 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 massive, and uh, and that was that was that was one big thing sort of why I wanted to sign for Cholton because of the the ambitions and the, the size of the club. You just they 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 everybody knows that they shouldn't be in this league, um, but it's down to us as as a group, players, staff uh supporters just all sticking together and and going in, in the same direction of where we want to want to achieve
1: yeah and obviously as i say because you're a local boy you, you must know a fair bit about the club before you came here is that one of the big draws as well being back back with family and and in, in your home area yeah
6: it was it was a massive uh massive thing for me um living like i said i live live in dartford so it's 20 minutes from the training ground um the first the, one of the first conversations I had with the gaffer, uh, the gaffer, he said, he said I don't need to tell you about the club, the history of the club because you probably know a lot more than many people um, from from living locally. So yeah, I knew I knew everything that the like I say the size of the club. I keep I keep talking about it because it's it's massive. Um, and yeah, being being back home with family and and having them there to to to, to support me will be will be massive.
1: Yeah, and obviously, I guess you know what the ambitions of a fan base would be for for a Charlton at this level. Um, I mean, how how confident are you in in the squad that's that's coming around you that we're in a, a good position to make a real go of it this year?
6: Yeah, very very confident. Um, I think you see it in pre season the way that we're we're sort of moving the ball and and that attack of mind, the, the way that we want to want to press everything. Um, so yeah, for for us, it's we it's just sticking together and 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 take game by game you can't you can't predict what you're gonna what you're gonna happen weekend tuesday night saturday you just gotta take game by game and 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 just keep ticking them off
1: and obviously game by game starts with Leyton orient at home on saturday it's ironic that the uh, the press day is at orient's ground today i hope you're look, looking around in the change room see if they've left the tactics board up or anything like that but i mean obviously you, you know what it's like to come into league one as a player that's just been promoted from league two um how, how will orient feel going into this one because they, they will be at the valley as a bit of a scalp so i guess you guys need to be aware of that as well going into saturday
6: yeah it's going to be a massive game they're they, like i say they're new they're, they're new to the uh new to the league um we know they're gonna they're gonna come out the traps and and they want to get off to a fly but so do we we're not we we, we obviously want the three points as well um so yeah, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be a good game and like, it's, a, it's a derby as well, so it, the noise would be there, the crowd would be there, so it'd be a good one.
1: Excellent. And j- just finally, um, so I'm, you were on BBC Radio London with one of my colleagues a few weeks ago uh, and I was on immediately after you to talk about you and, we were, and they, they asked me a follow-up question to what you spoke about with the Ashes. So you and I were both confidently predicting that we were going to win the Ashes and obviously it didn't quite work out that way because of a bit of rain, but the the fairy tale ending that we've seen from Stuart Broad this uh, this this week. Obviously, being a a big cricket fan yourself, can can you do you look at moments like that, history making moments, and think I'd I'd love to try and replicate something that important in a championship this keep this uh, this coming season.
6: Yeah, definitely. Um, that was one of, one of the, the things that Cheltenham used to talk about last the last couple of years about sort of as a group of as a group of players creating history, um, beating records. Goal scoring records, etc., but as a as a team, sort of getting that promotion into into League One, highest league position in, in League One. So yeah, that's that's you you want to as a as a player, as like I say, as a squad at Cholton, we we want to just keep adding to the history that's already here. We we want to be like I say, that successful team to 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 go up to to get promotion. That's what we we're all, we're all in it in doing it. The same thing we want
1: to
6: we want to achieve this, the same things.
1: Excellent. And we can play in the rain as well, so we don't have to worry about, about yeah. being taken out because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Alfie, thanks so much for your time and and, and all the best for the season. Top man? Thank you. There we go. That's a new addicts forward Alfie May speaking uh, to me ahead of the, the campaign. Um, spoke very well to see him from, from the local area, Tom. I mean, I, I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but I, I'm sure that he, he can get goals at this level because he's done it over the last two years. And in pre-season... Got a couple of goals, missed a couple of penalties, which we'll, we'll brush over. But what we should say is his link-up play was good as well, which is something that uh, obviously Dean would have known that coming in, and, and anyone who's seen him playing for Cheltenham last season would have seen that. But that, that's a that's a bonus because we haven't always had that with our strikers over the years. Link-up and goals, probably probably not since Lyle, if, if we're looking at both.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, and. um he comes with a reputation obviously as you say he's he's done it before as well and he's one of those that pretty much i think even before the season ended when we went up to Cheltenham at the end of last season people were saying let's go and get him let's go and get him and he's been that name you know both the mix of people who are in the know and just regular fans everyone was saying if we can get Alfie May now as you say, we're trying not to put too much pressure on him. But when, when people want a player that much, there's got to be a reason behind it. Um, as you say, I, he's had uh, he's had moments in pre-season. He's had some good ones and some bad ones, as you mentioned there. But I think on the whole, we all know what he's capable of. As you asked him there, it's all about how he fits into this system and how this system fits for, for most of the players. But... Yeah, there's a feeling that there's kind of guaranteed goals there. Um, in, in the same way, again, as there was with alyle Taylor, there was kind of no doubt that he would score. Not like last year where you put a miles in there and, OK, he went on and did it. But I don't think any of us were expecting him to go and have the season he did, even Jez when he came in as a as a youngster. So, yeah, buying a proven player, we know what he's capable of. Um, and as you say, adds more than just goals. I saw a couple of comments there about him sort of shifting out wide and not always playing straight down the middle. So. I know there's lots of chat about, you know, do we play a second guy up front? If so, what sort of style do we play, particularly whilst Miles is injured? So uh, we're going to get a bit of everything with him. And and I think if he can get 15 goals himself and, and weigh in with a good few assists as well, then it's going to be the sort of player that you probably need if you are pushing those top six places. So, yeah, I'm very excited to see him play for us.
1: Yeah, Mark saying that Alfie will be top goal scorer this season. And when you think that, I mean, if... If uh, Miles Leiburn can replicate what he did last season and we've got Alfie May getting his hopefully 20 goals or so, that's not a bad return at all. Right. It's time to look ahead to Leighton Orient uh, on Saturday and I can assure you there is no man who knows more about Leighton Orient uh, than our guest who's joining us uh, on screen. Now, welcome to the absolutely legendary uh, BBC Radio London O's uh, commentator <laughs> and reporter Dave Victor. How you doing, Dave?
7: I'm very good. Uh, embarrassed by that introduction. How are you all? Uh,
1: uh, yeah, very good indeed. Dave, uh, I knew you, it was going to be you who I wanted on the show uh, when we're talking uh, Orient, because as I said, I mean, you, you've you've been there and done that. You've probably sat in that room that where I interviewed Alfie in a million times. Um, it, it's a good time to be a Late in Orient fan after what has been a few difficult years. I mean, I remember being at Hayes Lane watching Bromley beat your lot 6-1. So it's been quite a journey, hasn't it? <laughs>
7: It's been an incredible journey. Um, A six-year plan uh, was set by Kent Teague and Nigel Travis, the chairman and uh, chief investor. When they took over and rescued the club, it was a broken club uh, and in National League. And to be back within those six years and to have 3,000 travelling to the valley, absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, your uh, your last few seasons shows us how it can work when a new ownership is in place and and everything clicks. I mean, obviously... And um, there has been difficult times. Obviously, the club has had to bounce back from going into non-league. And also, even when you came out of it, the, the tragic death of uh, of Justin Edinburgh. But um, now that you are back here, does this feel like you're at your rightful, rightful place? I mean, what, what are the expectations for this season as well? Because you never really know with a side that's just come up from League Two.
7: Well, Richie Wellens has transformed expectations. I've asked him that very question as to what he thinks uh, the season uh, holds. He's a very honest man, and he said he didn't know. Um, what he did say was it's going to be a very different uh, division than it was last year, because you had the likes of Plymouth Argyle and Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday, who amassed so many points. And at the wrong end of the table, you had the likes of Atkinson, Stanley, Morecambe, and, of course, Forest Green Rovers, who went up as champions, of course, uh, that weren't, really weren't, it would seem from a distance, competing in terms of staying in the division. I think it's going to be much closer and tighter, uh, and uh, far more competitive as a result.
1: Excellent stuff. Um, tell us about Darren Prattley, <laughs> because obviously, I'm going to ask you about. I'm going to ask you about the key members of your squad. But obviously, Pratt is one that, that we've had and we were really fond of. Is he, is he still an absolute machine?
7: Well, he's 38 now, and uh, he doesn't look it, and he's remarkably fit. I think it's very important that Idris el has signed again on loan from Ipswich Town, because he's Darren's legs, I think it's fair to say. He he wins a lot of tackles. Uh, Darren Prattley is the skipper, and he leads by example, and... and, uh, there were, there were very important games last season. I remember Stockport County away, and Stockport were the big spenders in League Two. And uh, late night, we're training by a goal to nil. And it was Damon Prattley who literally uh, grabbed everybody uh, and scored the equaliser. And it felt to me that that was such a statement of intent, a real turning point. And everyone, even someone like myself who'd been watching the O's for so many years, started to believe
1: yeah I mean we um we, we had special moments with Darren Prattley as well um obviously scored in a in a playoff semi-final a very vital goal uh for us uh yeah big 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 fan of his so I mean finally then I, I asked it to Alfie May actually the, the, the it, it would feel unfair to say that, that we're a proper scalp to Leighton Orient because I've seen us lose to Leighton Orient enough times throughout the season but coming up from League Two as Alfie did with Cheltenham a couple of seasons ago obviously they'll, they'll look at some of the bigger clubs and And perhaps we'll have a bit of a target on our back. I mean, will will that play an element on it on Saturday?
7: Well, we've got an incredibly difficult start to life in League One. We've got Plymouth Argyle in the Cup away on Tuesday night. We've got Portsmouth at home. We then travel to and Wanderers. And then we've got Blackpool. It, It couldn't be much tougher, but that's what you want when you move into the higher Tiff. Finally, Louis, can I mention Chris Bart Williams, who, of course... Played for both Lake Noyent and uh, Charlton, and I do hope that on Saturday uh, we we have an opportunity to pay our respects.
1: Yeah, and, uh, not yeah, I'm not sure what the club have got planned, but yeah, hopefully we will. I remember very fondly a, a free kick that that Bart scored uh, for us against Derby, and uh, yeah, very sad to uh, to see him pass away recently. Dave, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I look forward to uh, to working with you on Saturday and uh, made a best team win.
7: Absolutely. See you soon.
1: Cheers. Excellent. Always an absolute pleasure uh, to speak today. Victory is an absolute legend on BBC uh, Radio London. Uh, he covers the O's home and away, and he's the absolute uh, top dog when it comes to Leighton Orient. Right, uh, from a Charlton point of view, we should look ahead to the game. Let's hear uh, from the Addicts boss, uh, Dean Holden. He sat down with Terry uh, for his pre-match press day uh, to look ahead to the campaign and, of course, Saturday's opener with Leighton Orient.
8: New no season. You have said that uh, you've been happy the way our pre-season's gone up to this point, uh, with the performances and uh, one, one defeat against Aberdeen but to the, still the performance was there, so uh, are we ready? Yeah, we're ready, yeah.
3: Yeah, I can feel it with the, with the staff and the players, I think it's um, it's an exciting time for all of us. Pre-season's gone very well for many different reasons, uh, the challenges we've faced, um, certain styles we've come up against, formations, all this type of stuff. So I feel we're well prepared, We're still nowhere near where we want to get to as a team, of course, there's been a lot of new players coming in. I think if you think back to, back to January, there's a lot of players left at that point and came in and the same as summer. So we're ready for the game. We can't wait for it.
8: You came to us, um, and you touched on it a little bit there, you came to us pretty much halfway through um, last season uh, and with some pressure at the time to get us out of, uh, of where we were in a little bit of trouble. Um, but with the side you mostly inherited then. This season, with the side that's mostly yours, uh, you've got to say, with the style of play that you dictate, is that more pressure? Does that bring you more pressure than last season?
3: doesn't concern me Terry to be honest um, you put pressure on yourself don't you you want to perform in your own individual role and certainly within the group um, again it's not about me is it? it's about the group and internally we've set our targets we know exactly where we want to get to this season again don't feel the need to go shouting about it publicly and making big bold statements we we work every day you, you you're down here you see what you see how we work every day so that's the that's the thing we've got to commit to that's the, the consistency that we're after Results will take care of themselves as long as you get your training week right and your mentality and your fitness and all the rest of it. So, um, pressure doesn't concern me. Never has. To be honest with you, it's uh, it's an exciting. I'd rather be a club that's got pressure on it, and I know the players feel the same way. You know, it, there's, there's big there's big aspirations for this club to, to, to get back to where it's been before. And uh, I'm in the seat at the moment, and uh, it's a great place to be, I have to say.
8: We heard the good news this week that uh, Miles is, is closing in on on a return. Chucks a little bit uh, later. You, you've said. Um, how is the rest of the squad ahead of, of Saturday? Uh, we know that um, Deji's had a knock, and Terry Taylor and, and Toyo Edden maybe not quite uh, up to speed uh, with the rest of the squad. But generally, how is the squad?
3: Today? Yeah, fine. Again, you know, great credit to, to, to all the staff. We've put a, not just the pre-season plan in place, but the off-season plan was probably more important than that to make sure that the, the players came back pre-season in, in the right fitness, ready to push on and, and work and the. You know, the I've been really pleased with the work that they've done, I have to say, um, the players they've worked really hard this preseason, as you'd expect. But to come through it unscathed with with no soft tissue injuries, I think, is great credit to everybody because we've pushed the players and pushed them to some dark places at times in pre-season. Um, but they've overcome it, they've come through it, and they'll be all the stronger for that. So the squad's good. The squad's uh, obviously there's decisions to be made in the next forty hours going into the game, but as it stands right now, everything's uh, everything's okay.
8: And with the news on miles and, and to a lesser extent, Chuck perhaps. Um with 28 days or so left of the transfer window, does that news affect what you're now going to do for, for the rest of the transfer window? Um, I mean, we've known about miles, haven't we, since the first game of pre
3: season at Welling? So, um, no, we, we we know where we need to strengthen. We still, you know them decisions have been already been made, and um, obviously there'll be players probably to, to leave the club before the window closes. You, you see that in every in every club in every transfer window naturally, and. Um, you know, we want to keep quite a trim squad. We don't need, you know, too many um, that are not going to be getting game time. I think it's important from a from a psychological side as a player, you always feel close to the team. And um, and we spoke a lot about the leaders that we want off the pitch as well who were gonna push these youngsters that are coming through. It was so exciting. And you need the right ones around that if they're not quite involved every game, that they're gonna be pushing the youngsters and pushing themselves and the teammates. Um, to create competition for places, but just to keep them standard, high. You know, them, them Monday morning sessions when you might get the odds have not played on the Saturday and stuff, there could be the most important session of the week sometimes to make sure everybody's ready for the next game. So, yeah, natu- there'll they'll naturally be a little bit more movement in and out, I would expect, before the window. But, again, the full focus at the moment, and certainly this week, has been has been on this game.
8: And speaking of which, Leighton Oren at the Valley uh, on Saturday for the first league game. I'm sure you won't read too much into the pre-season friendly out in Spain, uh, but they are a newly promoted side. They won the league uh, last season. Um, they've got new signings. They're all promoted sides, but especially the champions will be keen to make an impact in League One. So you would be expecting a test?
3: Yeah, for sure. Obviously, Richie, I've known, you know, grew up playing against each other. Me and Richie, so I've known each other a long time. Had a fantastic season last year. They're a team that's used to win him. And... Um, yeah, the pre-season game. Yeah, was, I mean, we played two hours in. I don't think the temperatures of the valley will be quite what they were out in out in Spain. I have to say. So, um, I think it's a good game for us as a start because it's a home game. I always think that when the away team bring a decent following, I really think that adds to the to the spice and the atmosphere of the valley. So, obviously, local neighbours they'll bring a decent support as well. But there's you know, the, the people I'm speaking to on a daily basis our supporters. are, are optimistic about what they're seeing at the moment. So. Yeah, can't wait for a, for a for a fantastic atmosphere. Certainly, come kick off. It's then about us making sure that we that we keep atmosphere We're in the stadium, give the fans something to, to cheer about. And um, we spoke about that connection a lot, and it's really important starting on Saturday. But yeah, it's a tough game for us. I think it's obviously a bit of an unknown quantity because if you think about the teams that have come up and obviously teams coming down, as you've just said, their teams have still got a lot of work to do in terms of recruitment. So um, we'll be well prepared for them. We've certainly, done our own work and um, looking forward to it.
1: There we go. That's Dean Holden looking ahead to the opener uh, against Leighton Orient on Saturday. I mean, there's loads of stuff to to still talk about in terms of this season. Uh, We haven't even got into whether the League One's a bit weaker this year, which it probably is, but we can certainly pick the bones out of that maybe on Sunday. But uh, a a, a recurring theme in the chat uh, so far today has been what goalkeeper are we going to play? So obviously, what what who's going to play up upside uh, up alongside Alfie May is a, is a question as well. But I mean, if we go dive straight into goalkeeper, Um So you, I, I tend to assume that whoever plays in the final pre season friendly is the one that is probably currently first choice. So Ashley Maynard Brewer probably will start based off that. But you know, Eistedd's obviously got that pedigree of the the strong second half of last season he had. Um, which, which way do you see that going?
2: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, when when Harry oyster came in, I thought he was going to be number one personally. I just think he was at Barnsley he had he had a good season, but he's not had a lot of experience. But then I know Ashley was at, probably could have done better with a few goals to the tail end of last year, but he's not really done that match wrong really. Um, so yeah, so thinking about it now, I'd probably say so Ashley probably would start. Um, I don't know, yeah, if, if if you can go by the the last uh, the last friendly, you could potentially. Um, but yeah, I think Ashley will. I think Ashley will start. But I think we've... I know we haven't got a lot of time left, but I think it's been poor. I think we've touched on it already that the last few years you've had players that know they're going to start. They know they're going to start because that's the best we have. But I think now if you're having two good players, I think for, for me, right wing back, I don't see why Nathan and shouldn't start. And Michael Egbo is probably looking at going, well, oh, I've got to get back in now. And that's what you want. You want people to to know that they can keep the shirt, but also they can lose it as well. So I just think it, it just healthy competition is always good. So I think it's actually shirt to lose in goal.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's probably a lack of competition up top. It's um, the opposite of that. Um, so who who plays alongside Alfie May? So I mean, on my notes, I read is it going to be Kirk or? Tyrese Campbell I know who I'd pick I mean is there anyone else you'd throw into the mix Tom have you have you got preference out of those two I'm just trying to look in the chat I mean someone may, said maybe even see Scott Fraser up there but which way do you see that one going
0: yeah mine would have been the same as you I think one of those two um, I think I'll probably give it to, to Tyrese I know I said Kirk appears to have had a good preseason, but as we've all said it, it's unlikely or maybe we're looking for a way out maybe not maybe Dean's seen him and thinks do you know what he deserves a chance and If so, I'd be the first to get right behind that. But I think um, in terms of what Tyrese was doing towards the back end of last season, uh, I mean, defenders couldn't get near him in a few of those games. I think he deserves an opportunity. Um, Yeah, we know it's not going to be forever. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be a big knock to his confidence if he he struggles a little bit. But based on what we saw last season, I I think he'd be absolutely fine up there. So I'd probably go with, with Tyrese.
1: Yeah, and that's what Mark's saying as well, Tupac. Uh, up top with Alfie May. Right, we've run out of time uh, on our first show back, the first big match uh, preview of the campaign. Like I said, there's still so much more we can sort of get our teeth into. Uh, so don't forget to join us on Sunday at 10 a.m. live here on YouTube. Or, or you can listen back uh, via the, uh, the, the podcast as well. Uh, or you can watch it back on YouTube as well. Loads of ways you can get involved. But thanks to everyone who's joined us uh, live this evening or via the podcast after. All your comments have been really useful. Um, I've really enjoyed tonight's show. As I said, we, we spoke about ownership for about five, 10 minutes, and then we've actually concentrated fully on football, and hopefully that will be the case. Uh, for the next little while until obviously everything goes wrong like it normally does. But let's just enjoy it while we can. Uh, here's hoping for a good season. Nathan, Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to speak to you guys uh, again. See you on Sunday. Cheers, lads. Too bad.
0: See you-
2: might see you saturday and sunday louis you might be lucky
1: oh wow what an absolute treat that would be well i'll be in the valley calf first thing mate i'll see you there um massive thank you to like I say to everyone who's joined in don't forget to join us again uh, on sunday this has been charlton live sponsored by the british institute of kitchen bedroom and bathroom installation we look forward to seeing you again on sunday morning <laughs>